All right, welcome to the Shantae Golson Show, where every entrepreneur and uh, C-level and above exactly want to be tuned in because we have some meaty information we're going to be talking about today. We have a special guest. Her name is Patty, and I will tell you that I've had great conversations with Patty about juicy and infor information about building resilience and agility and grit in our particular business, and she has a background that's really going to help us to understand where direction we need to go into. So I can't wait. So here's what I want you to do is I want you to get that coffee, get that tea, turn that television off because we know everybody's at home right now and get ready to dive in and learn some meaty, juicy information. If you want to grab your phone, grab a tablet or your iPad, go ahead and do that right now. And so my special guest, I want to uh, share with you some information about her Patty is a passionate woman, and she leads women who are dedicated. Now, not only is Patty relevant in today's market, but her life to empower women and girls to be the best that they can be is her particular endeavor and her mission. Now, she's an author, a speaker, a training, a trainer, coach, a podcast guest, and a woman's advocate. Uh, so she's walked a mile in your shoes. If you're a woman uh, listening today, she's walked that mile. She's put on those stilettos. She's taken the stilettos off and put on the tennis shoes so that she can walk and gain more resilience. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she has uh, gone from rock star to rock bottom and came back stronger than ever. Now, Patty has 25 years of experience. So, man, we've got some learning to do here and she has an experience as a senior leader for global companies like Microsoft and Johnson and Johnson and she runs her own training and consultant business. Now, if that's not enough to grab you, I don't know what you need because Patty lives in California with her husband and her two pugs, Roxy and Mango. And so she's excited to be here today. Her book, uh, Quit Women, Qu excuse me, Quiet Never, uh, no, no, let me get that right, I'm sorry. <laughs> women Never change history, be strong, stand up and stand out. Let's go. Kick Some Glass is available right now on Amazon. I'm excited to say that. That was a mouthful, but I bet you that book is good. So I want to introduce to everybody and present to some others, Patty Grime. Welcome, Patty. So glad you're here today. Thank you. Thank you. It's so great to be here and so excited to be on your show and share some thoughts. And you know, I um, I have an amazing career. I've had my career ups and downs, and I've had my, my rise to the top and my crash to the bottom. And, you know, when I had that crash, I really wanted to do something about it. And I wanted to make sure that I was empowering women and girls to be the best they could be, as you said, in mm -hmm. any endeavor they choose and help them really thrive and embrace all the change and craziness that we're experiencing today. And mm -hmm. when somebody reads my background and resume, I feel like, oh, my mother wrote that, because that's not something <laughs> that I generally walk around and say about myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, you know, Patty, you had an incredible career. Microsoft, Johnson & Johnson, what was the most important thing that you learned as a leader? And what do we need to know in order to be the best that we can be as well? You know, one of the most important things I think I learned through my career and through that ups and down in that career, near fatal career crash, 
was when I realized what happened is I was working 70, 80 hours a week and I was working every night and every weekend like a lot of us are doing now, especially with pot, you know, with doing all the things with homeschooling and sharing your home with your whole family or maybe just a, a smaller group of people. We're all going through those changes and those challenging times. And I think the most important thing that I learned was to be strong and to be yourself because yeah. be your best self because everyone else is taken. Don't try and be that round peg that tries to fit in that square hole. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, during your career, you may take some assignments that are sort of outside your comfort zone because you need that level or depth of experience. But understand that that's something you're doing intentionally. Mm -hmm. And then go find places where you're going to find your best self. If you mm -hmm. play to your strengths, you're going to be more productive. You're going to contribute more to the company. You're going to feel better about yourself. You're going to have less stress and you're going to be much more successful if you simply learn to play to your strengths and not try and be somebody else. Well, let me ask you this, Patty. I have two questions, actually. What do you do when the corporation wants to put you in that peg hole and you don't fit? Number two, uh, for the woman that you were speaking about, a lot of times executives, especially because they feel like they're being watched they feel like they have to be on top of their game all of the time. How do they become themselves in that marketplace and be okay with themselves? Yeah, and you, you are in your career, you will be asked in some cases to take some assignments that may or may not fit your particular strength. Mm -hmm. You know, I would say be very clear and communicate with the people you're working with and you're working for that yes, you're willing to take this assignment but you understand that this assignment is a stepping stone, that this is something to round out your career and that you want to get back to that strength zone. I think you really need to be communicative with people and really let them know where you stand and what your strengths are and be able to stand up for yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think you need to have something to stand on. So in my book, I have five principles for women to be great women leaders. And I really look forward to the day we can just say she is a great leader and not she's a great woman leader. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and one of them is to be able to stand up and have a personal vision that you can stand on. I encourage all business leaders to write a personal vision statement. A short, like companies have vision, countries have vision statements. You need to have one as a leader that keeps you centered. It's sort of your North Star that says, this is my destination long term, and I'm going to take this career transition for a time, but I'm still going to keep my eye on that North Star, the kind of leader and the person I want to be. Mm -hmm. And so I help people in my book and also in other ways that if they want to create a personal leadership vision, here's what I encourage you to do. It's a very simple exercise and take time to do it well. Okay. But write your personal vision statement. And so what I ask you to do is imagine in five years, you're going to be on your favorite show, right? What I did this initially was when I was at that rock bottom moment and I needed to find myself again. So I had to find my vision for myself, the kind of leader I wanted to be in five years, the kind of person I wanted to be, the kind of legacy I wanted to leave on the world. And so I went to my favorite place with a book and a, and a pen and okay. I imagined I was on my favorite show. At that time, it was the Oprah show. Okay. Well, now it's the Ellen show because Oprah's not on the air anymore. Okay. Um, but yeah, I imagine I was sitting on the Oprah show, or now the mm -hmm. Ellen show, surrounded by my friends and family and all people who worked for me and I'd worked for, and they were talking about me as a leader, as if I was there, mm -hmm. and that they were saying things like she made a difference. She had credibility. She had courage. She had compassion. She wanted to make a difference in the world, kept coming back to me. 
So my vision statement, the short version, your vision statement can be as few as three words to make a difference. Okay. To make a difference in the world and empower people to be the best they can be. Mm-hmm. Or it can be longer if you want to. You could say she wanted to be a credible, courageous, compassionate leader who made a difference in the world or whatever that happens to be to you and use that as your North star when you take those side assignments, when you do Mm -hmm. things that are outside that comfort zone and recognize that do other things that fill you up. Mm -hmm. If you're not getting what you need from work, are there things you could do in your personal life that could help you as well? Yeah, because I think that work-life balance is totally so important. Self-care is important. And some people start to identify, especially the longer you are in a position the, the more you become to identify with that position and you separate your persons, who you are, your character with that position. Did you come into that or do you have knowledge of that, those that you work with? Yeah, a lot of times we talked about ourselves as I am a, uh, I ran this Asia Pacific customer partner experience team for Microsoft for three years. And so I moved to Singapore for three years. And so at that time, I was the senior leader of the customer partner experience team. I identified with my job, not with myself. Right. Right. And I needed to separate myself from that to be able to stay true to myself and be authentic and be mm-hmm. the real me. I was lucky I had one boss, especially when I first joined Microsoft, because I'm not a techie, right? Don't call me to fix your computer. I'm not my family's help desk. I can do really beautiful PowerPoint presentations and I can rock it in Excel, but I'm not going to fix your computer. And when I first went there, I was trying to fit into that mold of the people who I looked around and I was trying to be like them. And I had a boss come to me and say, Patty, we hired you to be you. We don't want you to be like them. Mm -hmm. We don't need more of them. We need more of you. Mm -hmm. So one thing leaders need to know and keep in mind is you want to hire the best, most diverse team in all areas, in gender, race, background, religion, style of thinking, all of that. You want to hire the most diverse team so that you can innovate. In today's Mm -hmm. environment, lack of diversity and lack of that, uh, that color and that flavor of all these different people that bring different perspectives to a business is the kiss of death. Sameness is the kiss of death. You need that diversity, that depth, and that knowledge, and you need people that don't look and sound and talk like you. Mm, nor have the skills that you have. You really, you know, I've learned to hire people to fit into my weaknesses or the things exactly. that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Exactly. And you said something else, too, I wanted to pick up on. You said, you know, take care of yourself. You know, put yourself number one on your things to do list. Most leaders and especially women put Mm -hmm. themselves last on their list if they're on the list at all. Mm -hmm. And so you need to put yourself first on the list because you can't pour from an empty cup. If you have no energy and no strength to give, then you can't pour from that empty cup. And that's why the resiliency and emotional agility and grit are so important for leaders today and help find that, help your people find that as well. Mm -hmm. Now I call that person uh, an emotional caretaker. And what that really means is I am putting my emotions to the side and I'm giving all that I have to everybody else to make them happy because in some regards, now they may not see this right now as I say this because I work with a lot of people to help them to see this, but in regards to seeking validation in some type of way, that's how the, the woman receives her 
inspiration to keep going because if I give, they appreciate, I'm going to give some more. But at the end of the day, like you said, they are depleted. And so I am as healthy as a worker, as a mom, as a this, as a that, than I am, right, what? You're able, you're able to give more. You know, right. I, I had a woman tell me one time that, you know, you can't give away what you don't own. So if you right. don't own your own health, your own well-being, mm -hmm. your own physical, mental well-being, and in today's environment of, you know, protests, pandemics, and panic in some cases, we have to be sure to take care of ourselves. You know, you're in Zoom meetings all day. Yeah. You know, make sure and take a 10 or 15 minute break between those meetings and go take a walk outside. Mm -hmm. Just go walk out your door or open your door and get outside for five minutes because your creativity, your innovation and your energy will come out if you just right. get out of that that room where you're sitting in zoom call after you know people are saying i'm zoomed out right so now it's going to be a new word i've zoomed out <laughs> yeah 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 so yeah you are as good as an individual worker as you are as an individual so keep in mind me personally i'm big on self uh care especially now that I have burnt out. And it took me three and a half years to get back in line. I'm Patty, I was burnt out crispy on both sides. I, I was burnt out crispy. I was sitting on my bathroom floor in a combination of sobbing tears and sweat, trying to get the energy to go back to work the next day and be that positive Patty, that energizer bunny that everybody counted on. Mm -hmm. And I had to take time to take care of myself. I had to go find that vision again. I had to be able to stand up for myself. I had to be able yeah. to stand out and be more visible, valuable, and vocal. I yeah. needed to do things to, to, to really come back. Um, and it's not selfish. It's survival. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've both been there, right? We were crispy yeah. burned on all ends. Talk yeah. about burning the candle. There was no candle left. <laughs> <laughs> and it chopped me in half in the middle. And so it took, you know, it took some time to restore myself. And actually, this particular podcast is geared towards burnout prevention and recovery. Yeah. So with that being stated, you have had, as you may mention, a fatal career crash and a burnout moment. Now, what happened then and how did you recover to become stronger than ever? It really came down to I recognized that a lot of what was going on was things I was allowing to happen to me. Instead of controlling my own destiny and who I wanted to be and standing up for myself, I was trying to fit into that round peg in a square hole and be somebody else completely. And I lost sense of myself. Mm -hmm. So the number one thing that helped me was really uh, taking time to go find and rewrite and create that personal vision statement to create my North Star. To help keep me going through the really tough times. I mean, when we build, when you think about things like resiliency, right, that's mm -hmm. your ability to bounce back okay. from those tough times. And so if you think about, you know, how did we all feel when we first heard that they were shutting down the hair? So I just had my hair done last night. So I finally got my hair colored, thank goodness, before this interview. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be looking really shabby today. But when they shut down everything, how did we feel and, and what, did, how did we, what did we learn from that? And how did we manage to cope and become more resilient? Because the next event is going to happen. Once the pandemic is over, something else is going to come down the road that's going to disrupt our world again. It's just the nature of the, the world today for leaders is it's constant disruption, almost like constant white water. Mm -hmm. If you've ever been river rafting and you go river rafting, 
Yeah. You know, you hear the rapid coming, you get ready, you get set, you make it through that one rapid, you all celebrate and high five or fist bump that you made it through that rapid. Yeah. But then you start to hear the next rapid coming. Oh. So building resiliency in your in myself was what was really important. I had to ask myself, uh, what happened? Why did it happen? What mm -hmm. did I learn from it? And what would I do differently next time to create a different result? Now, this is a technique from the Army and for the military called an after-action review that any leader can use individually or with your teams. And when something goes well, continue to build that resiliency muscle. Think of it like a muscle that stretches but yeah. doesn't break. You know how you can get more flexible with yoga or Pilates or whatever you happen to do. You can get more flexible, but it doesn't break. So mm -hmm. creating that resiliency in yourself and your team is vital to, to success and be able to bounce back from that, you know, be able to become more resilient. And so I asked myself what happened, why did it happen, what did I learn from it? And then I lost sense of myself, so I had to go find that personal vision. Mm -hmm. And then I went on a quest that I literally spent the next three years interviewing over 3,200 people on what makes strong, resilient women leaders. And that's what's sort of contained in my book with exercises and activities and all kinds of stuff to help women would help me dedicate my life to women going forward. So building that resiliency in yourself, mm -hmm. and, like a project doesn't go well, a project yeah. does go well. What mm -hmm. happened? Why did it happen? What did mm -hmm. we learn from it? And what would we do again to achieve a similar or better result? Mm -hmm. Because then you're helping your team build that resiliency muscle. Mm -hmm. You know, speaking of, uh, of leaders and, and not wanting to let other people know that they need help or that they're drowning uh, and, and building up that muscle in, in an incorrect way of being prideful, I'm wondering how you can contribute to the conversation of emotional wellness in leadership. Yeah, there's, there's a concept by a woman named Dr. Susan David called emotional agility. Her book is something about you know, embrace change and thrive emotional agility. Her YouTube video is amazing. Please watch it, Dr. Susan David, D-A-V-I-E, okay. on emotional agility. She talks about emotional agility as the ability to look at things with open eyes, with an open heart, and an open mind. Uh -huh. And to be able to look at the world, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and be able to learn from all of it, and not trying to push the ugly down too quickly. I think it's a big mistake for leaders not to admit and be authentic that this has been tough on them too, that they've had to balance family and sharing the office with their spouse or significant other, that they've struggled with some of these things as well. I think it's a big mistake for leaders not to be genuine and show compassion for people by showing them that they've struggled through this too. I mean, you don't want to break down in tears in front of your team every day. Right. right. That's to that's to the extreme. Any strength right. to an extreme becomes a weakness. Um, but you want to admit that this has been tough and have the compassion to recognize that and to be able to create that emotional agility where you can look at a situation instead of saying, I'm stressed, saying, hmm, I'm noticing I'm feeling stressed today. I wonder what I can do about that. Mm -hmm. Or being able to bounce back and have that agility agility to be able to say, Yeah, this was really bad, but what did I learn from it? And what could I do to create a different result? It goes back to kind of those key questions. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that differentiates great managers from great leaders mm -hmm. is great managers tend to tell people what to do. Great leaders ask people questions 
right. that lead to self-discovery learning that mm -hmm. now that person owns. If I tell you, go do X, Y, and Z, mm -hmm. you may go do it, whether it's right or wrong. Right. If I ask you, Shantae, how do you think you might accomplish this task? Mm -hmm. And I ask you some questions. Now you own it. It's yours. Right. It's my idea. It's your idea. Right, right. And that allows us to see that the capability of the, the teammate as well. And it helps them to put their heart into whatever, because they say, oh, wow, she wants me to be involved. So absolutely, that's another way to indirectly build your team. And yeah. build their resiliency and their emotional agility. And also, if the person says something and they forget something that's really important, right. well, then you can say, oh, you might want to think about doing this too. Uh -huh. So you're still coaching and giving yeah. advice. Mm -hmm. But coaches, at, coaches and leaders ask questions. Managers tend to direct and tell. Mm -hmm. you know, leaders kind of motivate or inspire people. Managers kind of just try and motivate or delegate to people. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's yeah. one of those things as leaders that we can do is build that resiliency, that emotional agility, and then the grit to work through the tough times mm -hmm. and so learn from them. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, because again, it, my mind just goes back because, you know, I work with a lot of uh, C-levels and above as well as uh, entrepreneurs. And the, and the thing that keeps ringing in my mind is pride. There must be somebody who's watching this podcast that really needs to be told or understand what pride looks like in a, in a leader, what pride looks like in an individual, because there may be someone who is not thinking that they're prideful, but everybody else around them sees it, which causes disconnect. Can you talk to us about that? I think this, there's an interesting piece of research. Um, and I think pride sometimes comes from us wanting to be perfect. Perfectionism gets in the way of so many leaders and so many women of trying to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And here's an interesting definition of perfectionism, especially when it comes to pride, right? We want to be perfect. We want to be the good leader, the good boss, the good spouse, the good husband or wife, the good this, the good that. And we want to be perfect in all of those things. And it's one of those things that causes more stress and burnout for people. And so the definition I found of perfectionism, especially when it comes to pride, is it's having, it's having uh, extremely high standards of performance combined with overly high um, expectations of ourselves mm -hmm. and being overly concerned about what other people think. Mm -hmm. And that we want to make sure that we understand that there's actual research that shows that leaders who appear to be perfect are not seen as credible and trustworthy as leaders who use some humor or some empathy or some compassion to admit they're not perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, take pride in the things you do really well. Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, surround yourself with a team of people who round out your weaknesses, who bring strengths that you don't. Mm -hmm. You know, in, in your conversation about the, the three definitions of, of pride, you know, what comes to me is all three of those take a lot of emotional bandwidth. That takes a lot. So... So if you are trying to perfect yourself in those three areas, then guess what? Your energy, you're zapping your energy, your self-esteem is being affected. Thoughts come to my mind. I teach a lot about negative thinking. Right. 
and, and also that can lead to someone having great amount of anxiety, great amount of anxiety. And if you don't get a hold of your anxiety over time, that turns into depression. So that's what right. I heard say as, as, you know, a medical provider, that's what I hear. And so then I get them on the other side to help them with that. Yeah, it, it, you can get yourself into a downward spiral of going from too much pride, trying to be perfect, creating the anxiety, somebody's going to find out, you know, for women it's, it's called the imposter syndrome, I know it exists for men as well, that somebody's going to find out I'm not this good, you get into that downward spiral and you can get in depression and medications and when I hit rock bottom, Mm -hmm. I was going to doctors and nurses and nurse practitioners, and they were telling me I was depressed. I had in, in adrenal gland failure. I had anxiety. They would give me depression medicine to make me feel better, and if that one didn't work, they'd give me another one on top of that, and then they'd give me sleeping medicine because I couldn't sleep. Mm -hmm. And finally, I said, I can't do this. I've got to find my own path back. I've got to find my own strength and get out of that place and get back to where I was. And I was one of those people that if I saw somebody or somebody said, oh, I'm, I've, I've got depression or I have anxiety, I was like, oh, come on, loser. You know, mm -hmm. let's just pick mm -hmm. up your, put on your big girl panties or put on your big guy jock and let's just go to work and get this done until it happens to you. Right. And yeah. then it's too late. Yeah. Right? And then you've got to pull yourself back out again. Like you yeah. said, you, we were both toasted on both ends. On both sides. <laughs> <laughs> And so, and so until, so I heard you say this, until you experience it, you're either believing that it is an excuse from others or, or I'm just going to leave it there. You feel like it's an excuse for others until you, and so after you went through that, how did that condition your leadership after that? Your compassion, your, how did you embrace the change in your your leadership, how did you develop folks from that new understanding? I think it helped me appreciate people a lot more and appreciate that they're going to have as many ups and downs and to, to celebrate their ups and help them when they're down by going through that, what happened, why did it happen, what are we going to do differently next time to create that different result. I think it made me a much more credible and compassionate leader okay. and it gave me the Courage. Think about the courage it takes yeah. for a leader to say something so genuine or even, you know, at one point, um, a, a tear, you know, men or women, a bit of a tear of how hard this has been. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think it makes you more effective. It, it helps improve employee engagement because they recognize it's real. Mm -hmm. There's so much being written by Brene Brown and Susan David and all these amazing people about being authentic and being real and being genuine. People are tired of the perfect corporate CEO that looks like, you know, like everybody else, right? That's, yeah. that's the perfect person, the perfect clothes, the perfect hair, the perfect family. Yeah. Uh, and realizing that it's, in many cases, it's a facade. Hmm. You know, that, that something came to my mind when you said that. I wonder if the world, or at least those that work in the Google Corporation, because the, the CEOs, they made a different impact, right? It, like you said, from traditional suit and tie to something totally different. And I've heard, I haven't done much research, but I've heard how happier the employees are. Do you think it's because of how they, who they were, how they dress, how they 
allow themselves to be down to earth. What, what do you think about that? I think it comes down to their culture, their values, and their vision. You know, they want to make a difference in the world in a different way. You know, when I was at Microsoft for 15 years, we wanted to make a difference in the world and empower people, you know, to see the potential that they could be. And I remember I used to do these um, home tours. I used to be what they called a demo dolly, which they don't call them that anymore. And I would do demonstrations of Microsoft Home and the home of the future. And I had a group of little girls uh, for take your daughter to work day. Now it's take your kids to work day. I had a, okay. a group of young girls in the Microsoft home showing them all these things of the future. So this was back in 2000. So everything you have in your home today, I was demonstrating in 2000. I had this group of young girls um, that were there and they were talking about, you know, what their careers wanted to be. And I was trying to encourage them to go into STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math or to go to work for a technology company because I said you could work in any company or you could work at a company where you can literally change the world and make the world a better place. That's why you need to work for these companies. And it was the culture, it was the values, it was the vision, it was the demonstration by the leaders. Um, we used to do these crazy, crazy, funny spoof videos that you dress up Steve, you know, Steve Ballmer and Bill Gates in the, um, the movie from uh, Ted. The Adventures of Ted, whatever that movie was called, I can't remember the name of it, okay. but they're bopping their heads. I mean, yeah. we, we did these funny city videos of all of our executives just so that they were human and genuine. We had Steve Ballmer do a take on Tommy Boy, if you know the movie Tommy Boy. I mean, all these crazy things we did. We had one of our executives, um, we did a spoof video to learning to, uh, learning uh, La Vida Loca, the uh -huh. Ricky Martin song. It was yeah. called Learning to Beat Our Quota. But we had these silly, funny music videos yeah. that shows it's okay to have fun and yeah. be genuine. You yeah. know, I tell leaders, I tell leaders there's five, four Ps you need to be aware of. How you treat your people is how they're going to perform with their customers and each other, That's which true. is going to affect their performance, which is going to affect their profit, your profitability. Mm -hmm. So if you create an environment where people can thrive, leadership is about bringing out the best in others by leveraging the best in you to achieve sustain outcomes and business results. Yeah. So it's doing it through others and creating that environment where people can be genuine. Right. It's, yeah. it's a lot of hard work to try and be, you, we've probably done it. I mean, I dressed in the little corporate, I dressed in the little, when I was in banking, I was one of the first female vice presidents for a big California bank. I dressed in my little navy blue blazer with my little white shirt with my little tie scarf to look like a tie. We all look like men. Mm. Don't do that. Look mm. like you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I bet you it was hard to breathe. <laughs> Not literally, <laughs> be yourself. Like you, would use, you teach women now, be yourself. Yeah. And in those particular traditional, I want to say tight wad, if you will, cultures, it's, it's so hard to even allow any part of you to come out. Say, for instance, you know, I, I kind of watch movies and somebody uh, made fun, laughed and somebody said, oh. you know, <laughs> they laugh out loud and et cetera. And, and, you know, and I'll be honest, I ran that for that type for years and I realized that. It just didn't work. And my personality was to totally different from that. But because of the nature of the business, we had to be serious. And we had to be serious all the time. And if my staff were laughing too much or they were up front where uh, patients or et cetera could see them, I had a concern with that, right? Yeah. Because we, we want to be tight wide. 
but my position has changed since. Now, you have something called uh, the five C's of leadership. I'm curious to dive into that to see what that's all about. Yeah, so the first C is credibility, right? You have to have credibility with your team. That means demonstrating your knowledge and experience and being credible and being genuine with people. I mean, that's that's number one. Number two is compassion, especially right now. We're dealing with, with pandemic, pandemic protests, and in some cases, panic by many. Mm-hmm. We need to make sure that we are compassionate and, and take care of our people because they're taking care of your customers, mm-hmm. right? So absolutely critical that you have those two things in particular. It also takes great courage. I tell people, manage your business with your head manage your people with your heart and sometimes make quick pivot business decisions like we've all had to make with your guts mm-hmm. of just it just feels right we just need to go in this direction so it takes courage to be able to do that and it takes conviction to stay true to your mission your vision and values communicate that to your people so they can be conv- um, convicted as well as being committed to that direction you want to head and it may be time to reassess your mission, vision, values, saying, are we going in the right yeah. direction and make some yeah. tough business decisions? And the final is communication. You have to communicate, communicate, communicate in writing, in person, on Zoom calls, when you can walk the halls with people. You need to communicate to people at, a, at an audio level, at a visual level, and an emotional level consistently to get that message across even if you feel like you're repeating yourself over and over again communicate 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 because without information people make stuff up and generally what they make up is worse than what reality is and that's where rumors start happening and productivity goes down if people have an absence of information they start making things up Mm -hmm. and their mind goes to the worst case scenario where if you just simply say, this is what we need to do, why we need to do it, here's how I can help, here's how you can help, here's why we need you, mm-hmm. and then go do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, information brings confidence. Information brings confidence, and it brings um, commitment, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And if I know where I fit in and how I can contribute, then I'm going to be more productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it boggles my mind. I'm sure you've come across this, too. It boggles my mind sometimes when I talk to executives and they want to see the bottom line. What's the bottom line impact? Mm-hmm. Well, if you're not treating your people well, you're going to have bad customer service. If you have bad customer service, you're going to lose your revenue, your profitability, your market share. It's right. all going to go downward. And if you treat your people well, it can all go up. Mm-hmm. Now, that brings a question to mind. Let's talk about cost cost is much more than what i swipe my credit card or charge or put or pay for the invoice right right there is cost in not being resilient right absolutely and not so let's kind of talk about that to help people to understand that when you procrastinate when you delay when you're anxious when you when you are prideful when when you can't seek help and et cetera, how much more does it cost than just a dollar? Let's kind of talk about that. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I think that's a, an interesting point of view in that, you know, you, when we look at costs, we look at the financial statement, we look at the profit and loss statement, we look at the financial statement, mm -hmm. and we're not considering all those other costs that are there, like lost opportunity costs, the cost of lost opportunity. Yeah. Um, one of the things Microsoft was criticized for years is that we were late to the game for some things, like the first Microsoft phone or the first Surface or tablet or those kinds of things, mm -hmm. uh, because we they didn't want to be the first innovator. They wanted somebody else to innovate, and then we come along and do it better than they were doing it. That was sort mm -hmm. of the philosophy. But there's cost of lost business. There's yeah. cost of people. If you need to replace an employee, it's not just their salary. Yeah, it's the lost production time, the hiring time, the recruiting time, the time of the managers interviewing all yeah. these people. The I mean, there's so much more. I mean, it's probably if you if you're paying a say an employee, say twenty five thousand dollars a year, thirty five thousand dollars a year, just as an example or whatever number you wanted to use, the cost of replacing that person is five times that, if not ten times that. Yeah, and so yeah. we need to think about all those costs about how do we take advantage of the opportunities right now. I also came up recently with this thing called the four R's that we hadn't thought about when we were talking about, but that companies need to reimagine their customer experiences. Mm -hmm. So what are customers need from you today? In what format? And how could you deliver that to them with excellence? Mm -hmm. Not always perfection, but at least excellence. So how can we reimagine our customer experiences and look at the costs involved? of staying the course or changing course and not just the hard costs. Look at all the other costs that are involved in as well. We need to reshape how we think about leadership. We need to have those genuine, compassionate leaders that aren't perfect anymore and that can be credible because they're genuine. We need to think about reinventing our business processes. This is a perfect time to take a look at some of your business yeah. processes and saying, is this still working for us? Right. Or do our customers need something different? Our employees need something different. And then re-engage your culture and your people. Get them energized again. Have mm -hmm. a team building session, even over Zoom. I do some work with a company called Outback Team Building and Training, and they're doing a lot of virtual or in-person, hopefully soon, uh, team building events to re-engage the team again. Get them energized in your mission. Get them excited. Help them be part of the solution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because it matters. The culture matters. Uh, culture matters. Yeah, and, and you know, and it, it's horrible to say, but it's realistic. You have a lot of employees who don't like the boss. You have a lot of employees who don't like the other employees. Favoritism, the list goes on and on. So the culture matters in making it see. It's not about making everybody love you. No. But it's about everybody will respect me. So how do I get that respect? By respecting yeah. them. Right? By respecting them. Right. By the, the, the culture really matters. You can walk into a business as a consumer and you can feel the culture. It's yeah. like if you ever traveled on Southwest Airline mm -hmm. versus traveled on XYZ airline. I won't put right. airlines down because I do too much business travel to put any airlines down. Yeah. It might come back to me someday. My yeah. luggage might end up in Atlanta and I'm in San Francisco. Who knows? So you can't insult the airlines. But look at the culture that they created or look at the culture at some of these companies. You can feel it when you walk in the door and you can also feel the tension, which means when people are tense, they're not performing at their best because they're afraid they're going to get beat up. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, bullying is a part of this culture as well, right? So adult bullying. Yeah. 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 Nice. Um, we, I think we could probably talk for hours. Yeah. We could have a, we could have an amazing discussion about diversity, equity, and inclusion. I think too that you know people that we just we need a workforce that represents the the world, and we need people from all styles, all backgrounds, all religions, all colors, all sizes, all mind thoughts, all thinking styles mm-hmm. to really thrive in today's environment. And that's how you can build a resilient workforce that has emotional agility and have the grit to make it through the next mm-hmm. event that is coming. Right. Right. This, this year has felt like the seven plagues or whatever. I mean, we've had the pandemic, we've had the protests, we've had the, the, the murder hornets, we've had the, the, the floods in California, we're burning up, the, the, the forest is gone. It feels like this is the seven plagues of 2020. Now they're calling it the COVID or I'm having a 2020 year will become a new saying going forward. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I certainly appreciate you being here and giving us your valuable time. Uh, share with us your book again, where we can find it. Also share with us how we can reach you on social media. Yeah. So in the show notes that you'll find all my social media, it's, it's pretty much Patty Grimm. My email, if you want to email me directly, and if you do, I will send you a personal vision roadmap, how to write your own personal vision statement, kind of an exercise or roadmap to walk you through that. So my email is pattygrimm at live.com, and it's P-A-T-T-I-E-G-R-I-M-M at L-I-V-E dot com. And for your listeners, I do have a very special offer. Um, my book normally on Amazon is $18.95. It's on Kindle for $13.95, I think. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to get a copy of my book with my giant red high heel, I have a special, you can either email me directly or you can go to www.womenkickingglass.com forward slash book. So womenkickingglass.com forward slash book. If you go to that site, you can get the book for just $10. That includes uh, $200 in free bonuses. And it includes, in the U.S. only, free shipping and handling outside the U.S. You, need, you have to pay for shipping because it costs too much for me to do that to cover that extra cost. But it was okay. just for $10 at womenkickingglass.com forward slash book or email me at pattygrimmatlive.com. Okay. Well, folks, you heard it here. Go ahead and grab all of her goodies. As you can tell, they are valuable. They are meeting. And we're really uh, talking to an expert today. So go ahead and grab everything you can from her and be a part of her tribe. I'm pretty sure she has a way for you to yep. uh, opt in to her emails to be able yep. to learn some more about her. So I want to give it up for Patty Graham. I thank her very much for being here today and providing her particular time. As usual, let's go ahead and be productive and profitable. Let's take some time to have some self-care for ourselves as well so that we can be the best person that we absolutely can be. Make it a great day. Watch out for the show next Tuesday and Thursday of next week. Take care, guys. Take care. Thank you.